hello to somebody on your way down. Say hello to somebody on your way down. Welcome to church. Amen, amen, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Well, welcome to church. It is a good day to be in church, that is for sure. Seven people getting baptized today. Come on, somebody. Seven. Man, that's God's perfect number. That's what's up. That's a good number right there. Oh, so man, it is good. Uh, we're kind of starting off the Christmas season. Anybody love Christmas? Anybody like me? I just love Christmas. Greatest holiday of the year. It's got the sights, the smells, the songs. I mean, we sing them today. It's just awesome. I love Christmas, man. I love going to La Quintera at Christmas. It's all done up. You're like, man, you just feel like it, right? Uh, it's awesome. I love being in the snow at Christmas because that just adds on top of it. So I Heather and I, usually around Christmas, we're going to the snow. You know, it's not Christmas. There's not snow, right? You live in San Antonio, you know, snow, right? Uh, but uh, man, I love it. I love Christmas season. Um, we're we're kind of in that realm right now. So we're going to have two conversations back to back. Starting it off here today with a, a series called uh, Because He Was Born. Literally a two-drop conversation because... He was born, Blah, you know, because he was born, a lot happened, right? The world was shifted. Things changed dramatically, right? Time and space uh, started again. Just crazy how time has changed. Things have changed just simply by one person being born, uh, the son of God here on this earth. It's powerful. Um, so uh, I don't know about you, maybe, maybe like me, um, oftentimes when you find yourself in spaces that may be really dark, your mind can run rampant. Anybody ever been there before? You found yourself in a literal dark place, right? You couldn't literally, you could not see your hand in front of you. Now here's the deal about very dark spaces. Your mind kind of runs with ideas beyond what you can see, right? Heather, Heather and I and, and our family, we went to Scotland a couple years ago. My Nana wanted to go. She's never been overseas. We went back to the motherland, you know, um, Cador castles on our there's like a Cador Castle, which supposedly comes from like the Cadell name or Cadell name comes from that. And so we showed up and we're like, hey, this is our castle. Uh, where's our room? And they didn't think it was funny, but we stayed in a cottage on the castle. It was like 60,000 acres in Scotland, Northern Scotland. Now I heard that you could see the Northern lights from this, like from Northern part of Scotland. So I'm like, I've never seen the Northern lights. Let me see what this looks like. And so when we get there, we are... Uh, we're getting settled in. We, we have to, you have to go through like this pine forest to get there. It wasn't like this massive pine forest, but it was enough that like right around the college, you, or co cottage, college, cottage, you, you have to drive through it. And uh, we, we drove up, we get there, it's getting late in the afternoon and, um, and the sun is setting. Well, by the time we get settled in, it's dark outside. I know that I want to see the northern lights, so I'm like, maybe I'll go out there and check it out. But the wind starts whipping, I mean like at 30 miles an hour. Now, wind through pine trees, is, it's like whistling. Okay, put that setting in, right? So the second part of this is we're getting situated in. We're start, my mom starts re reading the uh, kind of the, the book, the guest book that's there. You write it and all that other stuff. Well, she starts reading these pages about people's time there and it was so much fun. And then one writing said, and we saw the Black Panther. I said, Lord, Black Panther? <laughs> I've never seen a Black Panther either, but uh, I don't know that I want to see one out here. So I'm like, northern lights outside, winds whistling, you know, I'll step outside for a second and just maybe 
I'll see the northern lights. Now, I'll tell you this. Right when I stepped outside of that door, you better believe my mind was not thinking about no northern lights at that moment in time. I was thinking about the Black Panther. I could not, it was so dark out there. You're like North Scotland. You don't have light saturation from big cities. All you get is pure darkness and whatever is being illuminated from the stars and or the moon. And I don't think I saw the moon at that moment. So I'm like putting my hand in front of my face. Can't even see the moon in front of, like can't even see my hand in front of my face. I stepped outside and you would think that I'd be like, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I was like, uh, where's the Black Panther? Where's the Black Panther right now? Scared out of my mind. Now. Here's the deal. When I step out and I could not see beyond my hand, you have the whistling of the pine trees, 30 mile an hour degree, and 30, 30 mile an hour wind. That whistling, your mind starts to go a little, you start creating things inside of your mind. I saw that Black Panther like six or seven times while I was out there. <laughs> I was there for like five, you know, probably about 45 seconds, but I clearly saw it. But I was like, there he is right there, he is right there. I'm out, I'm out, I'm out, I'm out. Now, that's the funny thing about darkness, right? You ever been in darkness before where you couldn't see anything, your mind started running rampant? What is beyond what I can see? Like this fear and the fear that grips you, oh, it like kind of takes your breath away. You've been. Now, that, that kind of realm right there, that darkness is, is somewhat of a picture in which Jesus was born into. Not necessarily in that, or not necessarily in that, um, in that like dark, you can't see your hand in front of your face, but of the spiritual darkness that was on the place in which Jesus was born into. A people that have lost hope. 400 years since the last prophet spoke about the Messiah coming. They set lying in wait for this prophesied Messiah to come. You know, you got Roman occupation. We don't have our own place. We aren't our own people. 30, you know, the, the, the tax I think was like 70 or 60 to 70%. You get Roman occupation, oppression of the people. And this is what the, the climate in which Jesus was born into. You know, I was reading this a couple of weeks ago and I said, man, this would be a great conversation just to have right now. I'll hit you with two points here today that maybe we can just lean in on this today that maybe you see this around your own life. I think even in our world today, we could say that the, the, the humanity sits in darkness here today. You know, if you think about the future, what do you think about today? If you think about the future, what are you thinking about? It is the dreams of your future, the future of your existence, does it look the same as it did three years ago? Are you just as optimistic today as you were three years ago? Are you just as hopeful for your future today as you were three years ago? Maybe today you know, there's a little bit of darkness that has creeped in on your journey of life and living that today you just don't see such a bright future as you once did. And I think for a lot of people in our country today, including myself, that, oh, there's been a period of time where maybe in the darkness of what we've walked in, the frustration of what we walked in, a little bit of hope for our future has been robbed. And for some reason, our minds can run rampant about what the future may hold. Maybe there is a little bit lacking uh, of hope. Maybe we are uh, allowed fear to step into our lives and into our hearts. Well, here's the deal. This season of Christmas is all about the hope of Jesus Christ. Stepping into the darkness. 
You know, Isaiah 9 would say it this way, speaking of a, a moment in time when there would be darkness in a place, but then the Messiah would step in. And then we'll read Matthew 4 on the backside that, that reiterates it. It says this in Isaiah 9. Isaiah 9 says this, nevertheless, uh, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. The land of Zebulon and Naphtali will be humbled, but there will be a time in the future when Galilee of the Gentiles, which lies along the road that runs between Jordan and the sea, will be filled with glory. There's a time that's coming. It's sitting in one state. There's a time coming when it's going to change. The people who walked in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in the land of deep darkness, a light will shine. Will you flip over to Matthew, nine, uh, Matthew 4? This same prophecy is uh, echoed, speaking to the exact time that Jesus would step into the picture when it's a, in a dark state. It says this, this filled what, fulfilled what God said through the prophet Isaiah in the land of Zebulon and Naphtali beside the sea beyond the Jordan River in the Galilee where so many Gentiles live. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And for those who lived in the land where death cast its shadow, a light has shone or shined. You get a state of humanity living in darkness. A state of humanity that oppression has hit their, their hearts, hit, their, hit the land. And God sees the brokenness of humanity and sees the darkness in which humanity is existing in and says, hey, I'm going to send my son. It's going to be an uh, answer to a prophecy that was spoken hundreds of years before this moment in time, but it's going to be a solution to a problem that is existing at that moment in time. People living in darkness. Now, how many of you guys today would say that maybe this is your spiritual state? Darkness is simply, the darkness talking about here, looking at a spiritual state, you'd look at the darkness written in the New Testament. Darkness is a separation between the truth and yourself. Darkness is a separation between the creator and your humanity. It's, you're not connected to a source of truth. You're not connected to your creator, so you are living in a state of darkness. Here's the power of what the enemy does. The enemy will step in, in the middle of chaos, separated from our creator and begin to pose lies that con uh, undermine the truth of God's word that gets us to believe ideas that are contrary to God's will for our lives. It's very easy to slip into a depressive state inside of life. You know, for myself growing up, the darkness that slipped in on me was created through chaos. Number one, if you want to write it down or you can write the whole, I didn't say the title of the message. The title of the message is Light and Darkness. If you want to write number one, you can write that, write this down. Um, what is my number one? Light in the darkness. Number one is, bam, darkness creates chaos. That's what it is. Darkness create cha creates chaos. Isn't it funny how the darkness creates chaos? In my life, through the oppression, through chaos, through the darkness of individuals living, I became a product of somebody else's destruction. When I, when I was uh, met by somebody uh, or when I, when I had an encounter with somebody that brought destruction into my life, all of a sudden the world of destruction, I was overwhelmed by. It, it led me down some dark roads and some dark paths inside of my life simply by somebody uh, uh, abusing me. The abuse that came inside of my life led me down very bad behaviors, bad thinking, bad living, bad ideas that my life followed suit from the chaos that ensued from inside of that. Now, here's the deal. We all have encounters where darkness comes into our life. 
If I sit, if I, you know, asked inside of here today, what is that darkness that maybe you have encountered inside of your life? What is the things in which uh, has happened to you, things in which you've encountered, things in which you've allowed to step in to your life that have created chaos in you? What, what would you say those things are? Everybody in here has these things that creates a separation between us and our creator, that in, the ensuing uh, things that come with that. Darkness overwhelms us, chaos steps into our world, and we live in a fallen state of humanity. Maybe for you, it was a, a moment in time where it was abuse, maybe like myself. You found yourself in a broken space where somebody did something to you, and because of that, it led you down destructive behaviors, not knowing maybe what you were doing or why you were doing it. Maybe you stepped into fear, maybe you stepped into anxiety, and you have encompassed that inside of your life where you're always thinking about what could happen, what may happen. Maybe as a parent today, you live in the fear of, and you're always anxious over your kids based on what has happened inside of your life. Man, in the destruction and the pain of our upbringing, maybe there's some things that we live in here today in fear of what could happen, right? It's this separation that our God is in control, that God is for us, that God has healed us and he has restored us. And this, this darkness that is on the inside, no, we're children of light now, right? We, if we, we find ourselves in places like this at moment, moments in time where we allow darkness to creep in into our lives. Now, God has a different plan. That's the whole purpose why Jesus stepped into the equation. He has called us to live something different. But 2 Corinthians would say this when he talks about Satan's plan for our lives. It says this, 2 Corinthians 4, 4, Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ who is the exact likeness of God. But Satan, what is his plan? His plan is to step in and blind the minds of individuals that they don't believe the good news about Jesus Christ. This good news about Jesus Christ has the power to illuminate our lives. It has the power to step into the darkness and the chaos of humanity and change the dynamics of their living. Now, what I love about the story of Jesus is Jesus' whole purpose here on this earth was to step into darkness, right? As we read a minute ago, in the land of Nephtali, there was darkness and this great light was seen. Amen. But the power of Jesus Christ, whenever he lived, he lived to step into darkness, step into broken places. You think about the story in Luke 8. The story of Luke 8 is about the demoniac. The demoniac was an individual that over time had allowed darkness into his life and oppression overtook him where he was non-functioning as a human inside of life. Now, maybe this is an extreme case, but what is the reality of the humanity we live in here today? By allowing darkness to slip into our journey and our dynamic, we can become non-functioning as Christ followers here on this earth simply because we're living under the chaos of sin. We're living in darkness, separated from our creator, not living as children of the light living as oppressed, broken down, right? Occupied by things of this world. What does Jesus say? Don't worry about the things of this world. That occupies the minds of what? Unbelievers. Believers realize the power of God that's at work in their lives that they live as overcomers. Darkness, right? When, it's, when we're overwhelmed by, and don't get me wrong, there are a lot of people in life that give themselves over to bad thinking and a bad belief system that their God is not as big as their problems. And their problems begin to define their living. But that's not the, that is the lie of the enemy that keeps oppression on humanity. Jesus was born in, into darkness and Jesus lived as darkness and we have the Holy Spirit now to overcome darkness. 
in Jesus' name. When Jesus showed up with the demoniac, the demoniac was non-functioning. He's non-functioning as a human being. He was in complete oppression. And think about your lives here today. Where in our lives are we non-functioning as spirit-filled individuals called for a purpose here on this earth? How have we allowed fear maybe to step into our realm? How have we allowed anxiety to control us? How have we allowed fear to grip us inside of our lives with our daily living? How have we allowed a depressive state of thinking to overwhelm us inside of our lives? How have we allowed loneliness to completely ostracize us from humanity, that we are separated from those around us and our God? We're all alone on this journey. It's through simple, subtle lies of the enemy that brings darkness into our world and we begin to believe the lie. The demoniac found himself non-functioning, but it was a slow process of believing the wrong things that he was completely given over to the oppression that kept him in bondage. But when Jesus showed up on the scene, let me just say, well, but when Jesus showed up on the scene, what happens? Jesus looks at this individual and says, come on, demons, you got to get out. Come on, bad thinking, you got to get out. Come on, bad oppression, you know, oppression, you got to get out. It's when Jesus shows up on the scene that things begin to change. And I think there's a large portion of society today that live under the oppression of the enemy that has allowed darkness to creep in. And here we are today, non-functioning in the life that God has called us to live simply because we're living out the lies that have been entered into our journey. Jesus has to step in and say, no, 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 no. That's not who you are. Demons come out, demons come out, demons come out, right? Darkness brings chaos. You gotta realize that where you find chaos inside of your life, let me speak to somebody today. Chaos is not okay. Don't allow society to get you into a belief system. system. Chaos is not okay. What is chaos? Mismanaging your money is not okay. You know what chaos is? Mistreating your spouse is not okay. You know what is not okay? A bad self-talk is not okay. Okay, living a life of comparison is not okay, right? Living to, uh, uh, let's see, what's a few other things inside of here? <laughs> I could go down the list, right? Living a La Vida Loca life, you wanna go down that route. La Vida Loca life, right? Living a life out of control with alcohol, with substances. Living a life out of control with your words. It is not okay. A life of chaos is not okay. That is the work of the enemy to get you to believe a lie that will get, lead you into oppression. And he is completely happy with one portion of your life being off, but that one portion could overtake all of it, right? This is the world. Jesus walked, stepped into brokenness, darkness, and said, man, I'm gonna shine a bright light. And that bright light is still shining to this day in time. It is a light that can transform our life. It is a light can, that can illuminate our life. It is a light that can give us hope and a future again. It is a light that can change our world. But it's, it's, it's gotta be inside of us. The oppression of humanity is what we live in here today. But man, there's gotta be a people that rises up. So the second thing I would say to you today is the light of Jesus overtakes all darkness in life. The light of Jesus overtakes, and not just because I say it, because the word says it. In John 8, verse number 12, it says this. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to what? Life. Man, I'm the light of the world. Man, you follow me. 
You don't have to walk in darkness anymore. Following Jesus, you walk in the light and you get the life that he's called us to. John 1 verse 4 says this, the word of God, or the word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. This is Jesus stepping into the middle of our equation. Jesus stepping into the middle of a broken world and illuminating darkness. When Jesus steps into the equation, a life is illuminated. He takes people from darkness and he takes them into the light, right? What good is light if it is covered up as, the, uh, as Jesus would tell us in the Beatitudes? What good is it if we're covering this thing up? It has no power anymore if we cover up this light of Jesus Christ. But here's the beauty. When you allow Jesus Christ to come in, redeem, restore, confront your bad ideas, confront our bad ideas, confront the chaos inside of our lives, what do you get? You get an illuminated life that wants to do something about the darkness in the world. That is the power of what Jesus Christ does. You think about the woman that was at the, the well, the Samaritan woman. What was it? She was in a place, bad behaviors. Her life was illuminated. What does she immediately do when life was illuminated? Where does she go? You remember? She goes back into the town and is like, yo, everybody, you got to come see the one that told me my whole life. This is an individual that confronted my chaos, spoke to my chaos, gave me a hope and a future. And here I am today, man, Jesus has got a plan for my life. You got to come see this individual. Now here today in your life, how has Jesus confronted your chaos of darkness and given you peace about your today and given you a hope for your tomorrow, no matter what society looks like here today, no matter how much darkness uh, surrounds us in our society, you have had an encounter, I have had an encounter with Jesus that now our lives are illuminated, that we're not hiding these lights, we're putting these lights up on a stand, we're putting them up on the side of a hill. Why? Because we want all men to see the work of Jesus Christ, not just at work here on this earth, but specifically at work in our lives. This is the illumination. When we come to Jesus, our lives are illuminated to do something about it. You think about everywhere Jesus went, it was illumination small little fires that he was setting everywhere. With the demoniac specifically, when he spoke into his life, he called the legions of uh, demons out, sent him into the pigs. Everybody came out. They didn't like that Jesus was there because he messed with their, their, uh, uh, their, their livestock. They sent him away. But what is the demoniac? Demoniac wants to go with Jesus. Like, let me go with you, Jesus. Let me go with you. What does Jesus say? No, no, no. You need to go back and tell some people about what I've done for you. You know what the beauty is, is when Jesus speaks to the demoniac and says, go back, this individual just be like, well, I don't have Jesus anymore. He had an illuminated life that went and spoke about what Jesus did for him. This is the power of the testimony that God puts up inside of our lives. Let me just tell you today, the testimony that is on the inside of your life is not by chance. It's not by chance that you got this testimony. God specifically spoke into your life, did something specifically for you through the chaos that has come through whatever the enemy has done to eliminate you and take you out. Whatever it is, God did something specifically for you. And if he's done something specific for you, there's a purpose behind what he wants to do through you. I'll just tell you, Jesus, when he was born right here on this earth, when he was born, what happened? The enemy was trying to take him out. Darkness was trying to take him out out trying to take him out Herod where's this boy 
Bring him to me. I want to take this individual out. Bethlehem, kill everybody two years old and younger. I'm trying to take him in. I'll tell you today, this is the work of the enemy. Darkness here on this earth. He was trying to take Jesus out then. He will try to take you out now. The darkness that comes into our lives, you say, oh, it's just a little bit, but just a little bit is a lot in God's eyes. Just a little bit of compromise, it could take your whole life. But Jesus is here to illuminate us, to do something specific. If he's worked in you, he wants to work through you. And here we are at this time, Christmas time, on the backside of whatever we are living in here today. I can't even quantify it anymore because it just seems like there's gonna be one thing after another, after another, for what purpose? Fear, 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 fear. You'll never go back to the same. Life is always gonna be different. There's not a hope for a future. Just give up all your aspirations. Just see your future as bleak. Uh. But who is this all coming from? Non-believers that don't have their hope in Jesus Christ. Trying to get a belief system into all of humanity to give up on life. This is chaos. It's darkness. And Jesus was born into darkness. And Jesus is alive today in the middle of this darkness. Amen. Jesus has come to bring hope. He's come to give us a hope and a future, the John 10, 10 life. What? He has come to give us life and life what? Abundantly. Let me just tell you today, church, we should start seeing life with abundance. He has changed us. He has transformed us. We should get back up and start dreaming again, believing again, seeing the future that he has for us again. Stop looking backwards. All you're going to see is chaos. Look forward and see the hand of God on your life. He has changed you, transformed you for a purpose to do something specific. Don't get caught in the darkness of the day. Get caught in the light of what's in your heart, Jesus Christ, that is at work. He is at work to do something specific in you, and he specifically wants to do something through you. Church, uh, Paul, when he was speaking to the church in Ephesus, he would say it this way. Verse, uh, chapter number five, verse number eight, he says, for once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of what? Light. Live uh, as people of light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. This is what's on the inside of you. You got something different than the world around you. Keep on filling yourself up with light. We've talked about this a lot lately, but I'll I'll tell you this. What you fill yourself with is ultimately what's going to be coming out of you. And in the season of chaos, we want to draw unto the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to draw into him, absorb him, take all of him, right? Lay all our burdens down. You know, if I, if I said in here today, how, how, much, how heavy is this bottle of water? Many of you guys, I don't know, 14 ounces. Well, I think it's like 16 ounces. What is that? One, one pound, right? But what if I submitted to you this? The, the weight of this really doesn't matter. The, the weight of what this is is dependent upon how long I hold it. So today we can sit here holding on and the weight of what we hold on to, the weight of it is really dependent upon how long we hold on to it. If I held this for five minutes, I'm good. If I hold it for an hour, I might start to cramp. If I hold it for a day, your boy might be like crying, okay? (laughs) Here's the power of Jesus Christ. What are we holding on to? What are we not letting go of? He's come in to illuminate our lives. He's come to deal with the pain, the pressure, the struggle. He's come to deal with the issues of life that have the power to undermine the purposes of God in us. 
It doesn't really matter what it is. What it matters is, is are we taking it to Jesus that he can deal with it? That's the, that's the point of it. He's come to deal with our issues. He's come to deal with our pain. He's come to take from the darkness inside of our lives and turn it into light. He's come to release the burden on us and set us free to live a life of hope and healing. That's what Jesus has done for us. Here today as the body of Christ, this is, I mean, more important than ever, especially in our lifetimes. I'll say ever in our lifetimes. I can't say ever because there's some really bleak times in history but we're living in a bleak time in history right here today. And it's more important for the body of Christ to lean into Jesus, be illuminated by the spirit of God to then go be lights in the world. So I love about the, the Acts 2 church. Can't get in that way, buddy. Not gonna happen in Jesus' name. <laughs> it's the wrong door. You're trying to get in the wrong space at the wrong time, buddy. That ain't a door for you. Um, but I love that about the Acts 2 church is that the illumination led them to illuminate. I love it that when they got the power, they went and gave the power. It wasn't something they held on to. I love it was something they went and released. It was something they went and did. They gave it. They dreamed big. They believed big. They prayed big. They lived big lives. They shared the light of Jesus Christ. And if they weren't doing that then, we would not be here now. I think the same thing would be true in 2,000 years from right now and we live in here today. If we don't do it now, maybe they won't see it then. Probably Jesus is coming back before then, but you get the metaphor. You understand what I'm saying. We, our lives are illuminated for a purpose and I pray today uh, the same way in which Jesus was born into darkness that we ourselves, if we are we believe darkness. If we allowed ourselves to slip into darkness, that we would dream again, we would believe again, we would allow Jesus Christ to illuminate us again, that we can go and live as children of the light here on this earth. Now for the church, if you were here last week, you saw that, man, the things are bright. Pearl Street Church is on the move. God is showing up. There's some profound things that are going on. If you were here last week, you saw that, man, it was absolutely incredible. The presence of God in that place as we were in there singing, goodness gracious, I couldn't, I mean, couldn't help but be brought to tears. All the hope of what has been dreamed, you know, we've dreamed about, all the things in which we've talked about. And being in that space, it's like, we're here, man, this is incredible, the potential of what's to come. And, and living in that moment of like, oh my gosh, this is it, like we're here. And if you were here last week, you probably felt the same thing. Man, what can happen? The dreaming, maybe you started dreaming again. I mean, wow, God is so big. What he can do, what he will do. Absolutely incredible. And, and the beauty is, is that this is not just something that has happened overnight. It's something that has been happening for years. And it's not just one person saying, hey, this is awesome. And man, God is using me and calling me to this. It's been hundreds, if not thousands of people where God has said, man, this is your church and this is your place. And if you weren't there last week, we'll, I want to show you a video of just kind of what God was doing last week and give you a small glimpse of what it is. But man, uh, on, on, in the present day of what we're walking in, it requires uh, a new hope and a vision for the future. Present day sacrifices for what God is doing inside of our future. It's sacrifice to this moment, but it'll be sacrifice towards the future. So check out this video for a second. What God was doing last week. Of us, amen, through the breaking what God has done on the inside, collectively we come together to do something. Here today, I declare in this house, the first thing we launched out of eight years ago is the same statement we're gonna launch on this church. Jesus is the Savior and the Messiah. And Jesus is gonna build this church. 
bada bang. It's incredible. But you think what you see there, what you see is the culmination of a long period of sacrifice, a long period of, of, of hoping and dreaming and praying and God showing up. I mean, thousands and thousands of times where God showed up in a one circumstance, one situation, one person's life, and then a culmination is the potential of what can be. And today, that's in essence, what I'm talking about here today is, man, God is on the move in the middle of darkness. He's on the move in your life. He's on the move in our, our church. And he wants to do a new thing for our future. But it's, it's what are we going to do about it? Are we going to succumb, succumb to the oppression of the day? Are we going to rise up in the power of Jesus Christ for our lives today? I mean, what it, what it requires is big faith. Praise God. But it's not okay to live under oppression. It's not okay to believe the lie of the enemy, right? You heard me say it all the time. A little bit of poop and a brownie is still a poop brownie. You can't get around it. A little bit of chaos in your life, a little bit of sin in your life is still a compromised life. And today, Jesus Christ, you think about what God had to do to step out of heaven, glory, become flesh and confront every issue. For what purpose? That we may live life in abundance. And the crazy thing is, is that we can fall victim to a bad belief system that it really doesn't matter. And we can allow remnants of chaos to exist when Jesus has stepped in to say, no, 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 put it on my shoulders. Let me release the burden. You be set free and go carry the light of hope into the world. Jesus is peace. He brings peace into our lives. But that peace comes from dealing with the chaos. You have no peace if you allow the chaos to exist, to stay there. Jesus wants to deal with that chaos. Where are you not dreaming? What sin are you allowing? Right? What, what are you coping in? What are you not pressing into Jesus with? These are all pieces and areas that everyone in this room is all struggling with. One, it may be sin. Another one may be apathy in your faith. But everything is pieces and remnants of chaos. We're allowing darkness to sit in there. But I'll tell you today, Jesus wants to deal with it. He stepped into it for a purpose, to meet you in the middle of it. Same way he's met me in the middle of my darkness, my challenges, my oppression, my abuse. Same way he's dealing with me today on some things that, man, I'm just, ah, gotta get better, gotta get better. What does he wanna do with you inside of your life? We sit here today, the greatest time of the year, I believe when the hope of the world was born, when the world changed. But is our world changing in this season? I'd ask today, where's chaos sticking around for you that you need to deal with it? Where's darkness sticking around you need to deal with it? Where's fear, anxiety, depression, loneliness seated in your heart? And Jesus is like, that's not what you're meant for. I believe these are places, these are things of oppression that wants to keep you down rather than rising up as being a child of light, as Ephesians 5 says. So I just want to pray with you real quick, confront it. I know this is a pop drop message, but it's what God has on my heart, but I want to confront it directly because we're stepping in next week. We're talking about the hope of the world is born. Jesus Christ, the Christmas story. And I believe from today, you can move beyond this moment dealing with darkness to go be children of light and you'll bring some people next week walking in darkness that need to hear the story of light. 
They need to hear this story next week. You're bringing them in, but you're going to step out as children of light. God, we come to you, Lord. Father, I pray a part of our church community today, Lord, that just as you were born into darkness, that, Father, we would allow your light to step into our darkness. Maybe we've allowed the oppression of humanity, the, the, the darkness of the day, if you want to call it, to overwhelm us, God. We stop dreaming. We stop believing. God, maybe it separated us from you in this darkness that we live in. There's a veil of sin and a, a veil of oppression that has overtaken us, God, and we've been removed from the truth. Father, maybe we've been more comfortable living in the darkness than stepping into the light for fear of what we may have to confront, conversations we may have to have. And I pray today, Lord, that wherever we are at, the darkness that we are in, God, that there'd be courage to rise up, to say no more, enough is enough. Today is our day to move forward. It's our day to step in and grab a hold of the power that is present for us that, God, we can overcome. We no longer have to live in that oppressive state, but we can be set free to share the message, to be children of light, to walk in righteousness. God, to confront the issues that we face in our society today. So God, I pray where there's fear, there's anxiety, there's depression. Father, where there's worry about things in this world that occupy the minds of unbelievers, as your word says, that, Father, right now in this place, the power of the Holy Spirit, there's a confrontation with bad thinking. There's a, there's a confrontation with bad living. There's confrontation with bad beliefs. The God, the lie of the enemy, no longer has the ability to persuade us into a lifestyle, a living, a thinking that is contrary to your word. And Jesus, I pray by the power of the Holy Spirit right now that you would set us free from the oppression. Demons and legions get out. Be removed from our lives, be taken from our thinking. Father, no more manipulation, God, and I pray, Lord, that light steps in. Holy Spirit, may you replace every bad idea. Holy Spirit, may you occupy every dark space that it is lurking on the inside of us, God. And Lord, where there's an illumination, God, may you change the living. Where there's illumination in this place, no longer is there a living in darkness, but may there be an illumination to live in the light. Father, may our words change, our thinking change, our lives change, and God, ultimately, the places in which we exist changes. May we be the difference makers. May hell tremble when we walk in the door in Jesus' name. Father, may the darkness flee. Everywhere we go, God, may we be advocates for truth. May we be advocates for life. Jesus' name we pray and everybody says amen and amen and amen and amen in the house here today. Come on, Derek, come on up. I'm going to talk just for a second. So today what we're going to do is we're taking up our fearless offering for the end of the year. Come on out. You can come on out. Look at Derek. How awesome is Derek? He's awesome. Here's the thing about people don't know about Derek. Derek is the He's the overseer of all of our graphics. Anything graphics, any videos that we do, he oversees all of it. So if you're like, dude, this stuff is legit. It's Derek. He celebrates you, my man. You're awesome. So he is awesome. He is on team 
Uh, so anybody watching online, don't try to hire him. Okay. I will call you. We'll have a conversation. It's FYI. I will say, but you know, Jesus name. Amen. But we're taking up our fearless offering. This is our end of the year offering where we give towards local initiatives, national initiatives, global initiatives, the things that we're doing this year. And what we want you guys to do is decide for yourself. If you're new in here, maybe you're visiting, don't listen to what I'm saying right now. You're an owner in here, listen to what I'm saying. Everybody in here, we're giving a gift this year. This is where we can give a gift towards these initiatives that's making a difference locally, nationally, internationally. And if you're a part of our church community as your pastor, I would say, decide what you're going to give and give something. Don't just be like, ah, that's somebody else. No, give something. What are you gonna give to make a difference? We're giving towards Help One Now, which is helping small businesses in third world countries to bring entrepreneurship and business creation and uh, development of uh, cities and people. So that's Help One Now. We got, we're giving towards um, Andy Swanson that's going to Turkey this next year, 0.2% is Christian in an Islamic nation. Uh, so we're giving towards him and his family that are going towards that. Uh, we're giving towards Ransom Life that's rescuing young women in our city today that has been um, taken into sex traffic through whatever reason, uh, helping them get out. And then we're giving towards the future of our church, some immediate things that we need to give towards, the architectural fees, stuff like that. So these are things we're giving towards, but it comes on the backside of an offering. I'm giving, I'm asking everybody in the house to give towards this. What can you give? This is over and above your tithes and offering. So I'll say this, if you're not giving tithes and offering, 10% of your income to the church, as God has asked you to do, Malachi 3.10, if you're not giving towards that, start tithing before you give towards this. Don't start, don't give towards, you can't be generous. We always say it around here. You can't be a generous giver until you first become an obedient tither, right? Everybody wants to be the person, I gave towards the homeless and I gave towards, you know, the, the whatever shelter, I gave towards this and I'm so generous. Well, are you obedient in your tithes? Oh, cool. Well, then you're not generous. You're robbing God to do what you want to do. God's asking for your first fruits because he's blessed your life. Amen. He is your provider. He's asking you to give into a storehouse. Amen. I know that's hard to confront. you like, devote, you know, share more than that. So don't have time for it. Just have why. <laughs> Got to be obedient in your tithes before you can be a generous giver. Okay. If we want to control the gifts, we're robbing from God in order to be the controller of the gifts. God wants our heart. And if we're in submission to him, we would do what he's asking us to do. Tithe. Then we can be generous. Amen. Okay. Cool. We good? Yeah, I know I just freaked out a whole bunch of people. Cool. Probably like 10 people. I'm never coming back to this church. We love you. God bless you. There's a lot of great churches for you. Um, so Derek's going to take us away on what you can do and what you can be a part of. So God bless. All right. Cool. All right. Come on. Can we give it up for that message here today?